Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in the world of pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Petty Eminger. You may know me as Petty Pop Culture from TikTok, where I just hit 3 million followers like 10 minutes before I started recording this. Um, shout out to all you guys. My podcast listeners are my favorite of my followers, though, even though it's a small percentage of my followers. You guys are my BFFs for life. I've been going live a few times this week, and I've seen you guys in there just like, saying hey and you love me and i'm like oh my god bestie like when i see someone who listens to the podcast i go crazy because i'm just obsessed with you all when you dm me it makes me so happy i love that we're all just like friends on here and even though i'm much you know the numbers are astronomically bigger on tiktok the podcast is what i'm the most proud of because i feel like we've really built a community off of positivity and finding the light in things while also you know still being a bit of a messy friend group and what's better than that? But anyway, if you're new here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You're so welcome. Everyone is welcome here. If you are not new here, thank you so much for coming back. You know I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. Yeah, I don't really know how to reward myself today for hitting 3 million. When you guys like have an accomplishment in your life, whether it's getting a new job, getting engaged, getting good grades on tests, whatever, how do you celebrate? I normally celebrate by rewarding myself with food like normally i would go to crumble cookie or go out to dinner at my favorite restaurant or something but i'm trying to eat clean right now this shit isn't easy and like i've been eating really not bad but for the last five months just been really loose and having one too many cheetahs so i'm like i just need to be clean right now maybe i'll book a flight somewhere is that crazy i'll go on a solo trip i'll go out but i'm kind of too nervous to go out right now because of what's happening in the world which is what we're going to get into because there's a lot of horrible shit going on in the world this week that is not the most fun to talk about but let me just skim through what we're going to talk about today so we're going to start with one of the craziest murder cases that is happening in america in the last long ass time it's like a college murder that reflects any slasher film you've ever seen it's just crazy we need to talk about all about the murders and then we're going to talk about um crazy hollywood couple shakeups including harry styles and kendall jenner pete and emily all of that craziness we're going to talk about the tragic colorado shooting and all the devastation that it caused and then lastly we're going to talk about chris hemsworth and something very shocking that's going on with his health that i think you guys should hear because it's really important but before we get into everything make sure you Rate this podcast, five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a cute little review, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story, and tag me. It would mean so much. It really helps get the podcast out there. And I know you guys have gotten your friends and family, and people have DM'd me that their boyfriends listen now because of me. And I just think that's so funny that my podcast is like their version of like trash reality TV that they pretend they don't like, but they literally love. So thank you for forcing this podcast on people in your life. It's truly an honor but anyway let's just get into it welcome to pop culture universe at t take your seats classes in session
We're about to go true crime up in this bitch because we need to talk about the murders going on in Idaho. I don't know if you heard this, but it is like scream queens in real life. Like a real life whodunit. Sorority girls and a frat boy were murdered. Four students were murdered at the University of Idaho. It's the strangest case in the world. There's so much evidence, but also the detectives, like in any horror movie horror show about true crime they're useless they're not helping at all they have so much evidence it's an isolated town in idaho like it's not like there's a big city right next to it like the suspect is just lurking around and they have no idea who they are so let's just get into it so there's four students they're all 20 or 21 so i think that makes them juniors their names are madison kaylee zana and ethan so remember those names and zana and ethan were dating which is very important. So as I said, all four of them were members of frats or sororities and they, the three girls were all roommates. So they got a house uh, a little bit off campus as juniors and seniors normally do. They're fed up with the dorms. They're fed up with the overpriced college housing done with that shit. It's a very big moment for a college student's life when they get their own house. I never had to deal with that because COVID took that freedom away from me. So I I can't relate, but sounds like fun living in a house with all your friends. Anyway, the three girls were roommates, and Ethan, the boyfriend, was spending the night with his girlfriend, Zanna. And they were all murdered in their sleep by being stabbed many times with what detectives believe is a single murder weapon, which is a military-grade knife. So a very large knife. And they were just stabbed multiple times each in their sleep. How fucking terrifying. You go to bed thinking everything is normal. And then you get fucking slashed, like slain to pieces in your sleep. This case baffles me. So this is what they were doing right before. So the night of, this was um, like a week ago, like last weekend, Saturday. The one boy and his girlfriend, Ethan and Zana, who were murdered, they were at Ethan's frat house, just hanging out, fraternizing, if you will, and got home at about... 1.45 a.m. They had a good night. Everything seemed to be fine. Arrived home right before 2 a.m. Then the two girls who also got murdered, their names are Kaylee and Madison. They were just at a campus bar as one normally does. Having a great night. And then they stopped at a food truck on their way home. And they went home and got there at about 1.45 a.m. So both of these couples of people had really normal fucking nights. And these were cute girls. Um, they literally look just like any average 2022 kid. Like they, I don't know how to describe it. They just are so average and normal in the cutest way. You can find their TikToks still. They just looked like really loving roommates, cute blonde girls, so happy it's just so shocking, especially for me, just having graduated in the spring, seeing girls who look like so many of my friends and are in the same age group as me, that something like this can happen to them. Because we can't imagine ourselves like literally getting murdered, literally getting stabbed. I can't imagine that. Like, how would I be? Th- what would I be thinking in that moment as I'm getting stabbed? What? The fact that this happened to them is so sad. So, as 
Kaylee and Madison were going home that night after the bar. As I said, they stopped at a food truck, but there's a video of them at this food truck on a security camera, and there's a man like watching them ominously from a few feet behind them at the food truck. And then when they walk away and get into their Uber, he just like follows the Uber on foot. So we don't know if he's on the way to their house. We don't know what this weird, ominous, creepy man... The man looked older than them as well, wearing a hood, but he left when they left. So that is one sign. Maybe he was watching them. And then, as I said, they're all home at about 2 a.m. Now, this is when detectives realize something really interesting. So Kaylee, one of the girls who was being watched at the food truck, her sister, after the murders happened, knew the passcode to her phone. So they got into her phone and saw that she made many, many phone calls to her friend named Jack who is her ex-boyfriend between 2 and 3 a.m. and so did Madison. They were both calling Jack at 2 and 3 a.m. Looks very suspicious for Jack, huh? But Jack was asleep so he did not answer. Her sister said that they were on and off maybe a little bit of a toxic relationship so these late night phone calls especially after going out and drinking were nothing out of the ordinary and her sister has faith in this girl that she was a smart girl and if she was really in danger or heard people in her house fighting or getting murdered she would not call her ex-boyfriend to save her she would call immediately the police and i agree but also to me the timing is just so close to when the murders happened why so many calls like that those were some of the last moments of her life and low-key i could see myself scared in my room like hearing some some noises hearing someone break in and being a little bit too nervous to just immediately call the police because you know you're sure it's nothing you're trying to rationalize it so you just call someone who you're very close to and you're like hey i'm just gonna stay on the phone with you for a sec in case something happens so maybe she just didn't want to call the police I, I don't know the four dead bodies were found the next morning when someone inside the house made a phone call to the police at about 11:58 a.m telling the police that they found an unconscious body in her bed So this was either Kaylee or Madison that they found in her bed. And for some reason, they thought she was just unconscious and not stabbed. Like, did you not see the blood? Did they stab her somewhere lower where it wasn't on her face? Maybe the blankets were pulled over her heart or neck or something. But it just doesn't add up to me. If someone was killed in their sleep, they'd probably wake up for at least a second if they were being stabbed. And the only way that they would die super quick was being stabbed in like the heart, chest, or the face, head. If not, you'd probably hear a lot of ruckus the person who found them were inside the house all night. Wouldn't they hear it? And no matter where you get stabbed, there's going to be a lot of blood. So something about the person who found them does not add up to me. When the officers arrived, they found all four victims deceased in their beds on the second and third floors of the home. So this was a three-level story. And here's the gag. Here's the big twist. These three girls who were just sleeping in their house, they have two roommates who were in the house who were not killed and they live on the first floor very interesting so they slept through the whole thing they woke up just thought one of their friends was unconscious because like when you think someone's unconscious don't don't you shake them don't you give them a nice little tap on the face maybe if they're laying in their bed don't you like lift up the covers for a second to see what's going on the roommates just sound sus to me and another crazy detail is that there was no sign of forced entry. So immediately I just think, oh, the two other girl roommates who you can see them in a TikTok with these girls like last week thinking, you know, everything's fine, whatever. I would look immediately at them. There's no sign of forced entry. And if you're and if you're going to go in your the house, 
and you have to kill four people super quick and then arrange it in some way or leave so you don't get caught. You must know the layout of the house and you obviously know the sleeping arrangements. You know exactly what bedroom to go to. And if it wasn't the roommates, they must be very close friends because they knew not to go in the bedrooms on the first floor to not wake them up. It's definitely someone that they know and they didn't have to break in and they would just have to know the sleep habits and have been like watching them knowing when they were getting home. So here's another twist though. Not only were the two surviving roommates home when the bodies were found, they had over two guests that morning because one of the roommates just thought her friend was unconscious. So they called over two of their friends to just be with her while she was experiencing this really weird situation where all of her roommates were not getting out of their beds and she didn't want to be there with just the two roommates when the cops came. So they called over two friends that morning. So there were four people in the house when the cops got there that day. And it was confirmed that the 911 call was made using the roommates' phones. So I guess that makes them look good in that situation. The The timing makes sense to me. I mean, I don't wake up very early either. And if they were out drinking the night before, 11.58 a.m. is a pretty normal time for me to wake up. So I think they're fine with the whole timing aspect. That doesn't make them look sus. Because some people are like, oh my God, it took them to almost noon to find them. Like they definitely were trying to set something up. They were definitely up earlier. I'm like, mm, probably not. But the gag is, is that the police say they do not believe that any of the people who were in the home when the 911 call was made are the killers based on how they were acting, based, based on how confused and devastated they were, the lack of evidence finding a weapon. They didn't have any blood on them. They didn't have any like defense wounds from trying to kill someone or wounds from the attack because two of the victims who died did have defense wounds. So they were up for at least a second trying to like save their own life. So maybe the attacker would get some kind of scar. The roommates didn't have that. And the roommates, everyone says, like, their vibes were very fine. The motive doesn't seem clear, so they think it's someone on the outside. So to me, there's two suspects who are still in here, and that's the guy at the food truck and then Jack. It's just so suspicious that the other two roommates were completely spared, though. So police think that two girls were being targeted, and the killer or killers had to just kill the other two because they could have been witnesses. They just came, you know, in contact with them. Just wrong place, wrong time for them, unfortunately. They, they didn't um, ex- disclose which two girls were potentially being targeted. That's so scary. It sends chills up my fucking spine. Sometimes I just think, like, am I a nice person? Like, have I given anyone anyone a reason to kill me? Like, I'm not, not saying that these girls weren't nice, but you, you, you never know who... What irrational, crazy person is in your life that just, you you know, they're good one day and then they snap the next day? I'm like, that is a big reason why I'm just always kind to people. If you guys have seen Scream Queens, like this is a spoiler alert. So skip the next 30 seconds if you don't want to hear a spoiler. But when the killer is revealed, they told two of the nice girls in the sorority that they didn't kill them because they were nice. And that's why they killed the other girls. So I'm like, have I been nice today? Like... Will someone kill me? Wouldn't it just be crazy going out one night in a college town, going to the bar with your friends, going to get food from a cute food truck, Ubering home, a totally normal night for a 20-something-year-old, and then you just get schmurdered 
what? Investigators have been sifting through more than 600 tips and conducted some 90 interviews in a week following the attack. They're really scouring near and far. They put everyone on a mile radius in a lockdown. The students were allowed to leave the university if they wanted to, though, just for their own safety. Um, they won't be like docked for grades or attendance. If one of my teachers tried to dock me for trying to save my life from leaving a university, I would like shake them and be like, wake up, bitch. Like you really, you really think this shit is serious enough. You think this stats 340 class or public speaking 101 is important enough for me to die. You are so brainwashed and I feel bad for you and have fun getting murdered. That's what I would say. One of the victim's moms said this person is dangerous and we fear that this person will do this again. It was a very popular house, so I, I know for a fact that people who weren't necessarily roommates of the house did have that code. So no sign of forced entry doesn't necessarily mean that they were invited in. Stop all this. Let us mourn our children, and we can't when we know this person is out there. You know who did it. You, you know who you are. Just end it. The guilt has got to be just overwhelming. It's got to no be hiding. sickening. Stop hiding. Stop running. Just turn yourself in. Yeah, I don't know. Anyone who kills four p people to me definitely has the capability to do it again. I don't care if it was targeted. They're a sociopath. Insane. Um, but anyway, in conclusion, is there any other tea here? Yeah, people are just, they're just investigating. They asked all the neighbors to turn in their doorbell cam footage. They're sifting through any footage on the university from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., but they really haven't been able to find anything. The people who were murdered didn't have a ring camera, unfortunately. But it, and to me, I would look at the roommates. I'm, I'm sorry. Unconscious? That gives me, like, killer's remorse. They killed them, and they didn't know how to hide it. So they're like, oh, my God, they're unconscious. Let's call over our two friends just to jumble the whole thing up and maybe make them look guilty. Like, I, I don't know. Something along the lines of they were in the house alone, to me, is just not sitting right. I would look at the roommates, but they have reportedly been cleared but whatever this is such a crazy mystery i hope they find something else i've been looking at like a million videos of it all week and i truly feel devastated for the students who lost their lives for anyone affected and the families i cannot even imagine the pain that they must be feeling how horrible so what can we learn from this i think what we can learn from this well being like i said i guess a kind person in, in general to avoid that but that's not the point that's also just like stupid you shouldn't assume that someone would do that to you but i think what we can say is that we, in the event that we cannot avoid a sociopath like that or just meet the wrong person at the wrong time, just always being there for your friends, always being overprotective over each other and just looking out for each other. So there's a whole team of people to try to stop it and people who are just looking out for each other, um, like be that overprotective, crazy mom of the group that is tracking her friends' locations. Text your friends if you haven't seen them for a minute while you're out. Just do the buddy system. There's no way to be too safe or protect each other too much, especially when you're like young kids in a college town or you're young kids on a night out of the town. Just be extremely safe and be an overbearing, protective friend. And obviously, like lock your doors at night, maybe get a ring camera, have a lot of security, have a loud ass security alarm, get one of those apps that can hook up your security, keeping yourself safe in these situations. Mm -mm.
Okay, so we're going to talk about something really um, tragic in a minute, but we're going to do a palate cleanser just to calm ourselves down for a second. And we're going to talk about celebrity relationships. Ooh, yes. Yes. Let's just talk about this seemingly unimportant shit when people are dying. It's fine. Anyway, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde broke up. Can you even believe it? Are you fucking gagging? They were dating for two years. I thought they would never break up. Harry's so into older women. You know, they went through the trenches during the Don't Worry Darling era. I can still remember back in 2020, those photos of them having their 365 moment on a yacht together, looking all sexy, laying on the deck. For some reason, I thought she was the one for him. And I'm, I'm kind of relieved. Apparently, there's no bad blood between them. Um, the source says Harry didn't dump Olivia or vice versa. I don't believe that. Someone clearly had to initiate the conversation of, should we break up? And that's the person who dumped them. People were like, oh, it was mutual. I don't know. I feel like someone had to initiate it. Someone wanted to break up a little bit more. I'm really not sure who, but good for them for having good vibes still. They said a public relationship was really hard for them to handle, especially in these last few months. People really came down on them, especially Olivia. That would be really hard to weather when the whole world is questioning your relationship. Especially the Harry Styles fans who are so overprotective of him. Like he's an only child of an overbearing mother. They're just very overprotective of him. And a part of me feels like they bullied Olivia out of his life. So good for you guys. It worked. Harry Styles fans, you guys won. It worked. Um, So congratulations on that. You got her out of there. He's single now. So let the games begin. Good for them for staying friends though. Someone who Harry Styles might hook up with, though, now that they're both single. I think this is really weird that both of this is happening in, like, the same week. But Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker broke up. Oh, my God. Like, these are two long-ass term relationships coming to an end right now. I was, like, emotionally invested in these because they've been together for two years of my life. And I've been standing them for this long. I was going to go to their wedding, be their flower girls. I was really preparing my best man speech. So Kendall and Devin, they broke up over the summer and then they decided to get back together. They were having issues that I guess they could overlook back then, but not anymore. Their sources say it was due to busy schedules. I think that's lies. Lies, Liza Minnelli. Lies. I don't think it was due to a busy schedule. I think they've been busy this whole time. Like Devin's been in the NBA this whole time. Kendall's been the highest paid supermodel in the world. Ah, Supermodel of the world this whole time so are they suddenly too busy i don't think so and kendall never shows her face on the kardashian show she literally pulls the least amount of weight for that family so i don't think she's too busy filming anything but they did break up alas um maybe cory gamble was right and kendall jenner's just an asshole remember when cory gamble said kendall's an asshole maybe he was right maybe that's why they broke up at least Kendall still has her big bundle of horse joy to look forward to. I don't know if you guys saw, but Kendall is expecting a baby horse via surrogate <laughs> very soon. And no, this is not Kendall's biological daughter. Although I think Kendall thinks she's such a horse girl. She could give birth to a horse. Her horse is pregnant and she's very excited about it. She made the big announcement on keeping up with the Kardashians. So good for her horse girl for life. Chris is probably pissed that Kendall will not have a kid. She says, Kendall, we need more kids to build this empire, bitch. We need to take over the whole damn universe next. And you're not pulling your weight. 
Kendall is a supermodel, though. How is Chris going to be like, go have kids, Kendall. You're 26. You're taking too long. Girl, she got work to do. She's in her prime as a model. Why are you trying to get her all pregnant? Illogical, if you ask me. But you know who Chris would love to have join the family? Harry Styles. Harry motherfucking Styles. That would be the most famous boyfriend since Kanye, who really elevated the Kardashians, you know, just respect level in the world of celebrity that would really change the game for them suddenly kendall would be on the show every week if she was dating harry styles i know it i would like to see harry and kendall back together they dated in 2015 i'm not sure for how long but honestly they were a pretty cute couple and even after they broke up they've always been really supportive of each other it seems like they left off on really amicable terms they kind of have a same similar friend group i feel like so they run in the same circles. They've like seen each other out in public a few times and it's always been really nice. I love when people who break up can still be friends and not throw everything that they've had together away just because they decided they should just be friends and not a couple. There's still such important people in your life and I really respect that. Anyway, Kendall has been going to Harry Styles concerts this week in LA. He probably did like 20 nights. This man, I don't know why he doesn't just book stadiums. He has to do like 15 nights at an arena besides doing a stadium. I don't know. But Kendall went and Harry during one of his songs, like his one of his romantic songs, blew her a kiss because he saw where she was in the audience. Isn't that really interesting? Like I said, they are friends, but blowing her a kiss is just crazy to me. That is a public display of affection in my book. That is P-D-A. And it's looking like maybe they could pack together one day. Now I know why she had a busy schedule. She had a busy schedule on Harry's dick. The Harry fans who wanted him away from Olivia, good for you, it worked. But maybe it backfired because maybe he's back with Kendall now. And I feel like the Harry fans liked Kendall less. But we'll see. But what can we learn from these two couples breaking up after two years? First, I think that we can learn that having a two-year relationship with someone is actually really special. And you shouldn't just give that up easily. And I think both these couples are good examples because they've gone through some drama. They've broken up and got back together. But they stuck it through because they realized whatever higher power on the earth put them together, it was for a reason. And they wouldn't have been together that long if it was for nothing. I like that no rash decisions were made with either of them. It seems like they gave it all they could and they put their all into it because when you get to that length of a relationship, you really start thinking about the future and if you could be together forever and if they really are the one. And such a special bond shouldn't be something that you just throw away. So I advise you guys, if you're in a long relationship or ever have that special of a connection with someone, to not give up on it easily, to try and try and try again, to make it work and really just assess with everything in you if it is the good time to move on or not i think it's knowing when to stay and knowing when to leave because you never want to build something so strong and then leave and think oh my god did i just lose the love of my life are they the one that got away you never want to be rash or lose them over a silly fight or just one bad day together because of your ego you want to cherish it and hold on to it for all you can until you for sure know that it is time to move on before we finish this segment though let's just do a relationship roundup to see what other short-term shabby relationships are still going or have ended in hollywood because this shit is always switching up every single week and it's just one of my favorite things to talk about so as you know if you listen to past episodes we've been talking about Gigi hadid and leonardo dicaprio he is really brave for going two years above his limit she's 27 
he's like 97 or whatever and they've been dating for a few months now ever since he broke up with his other girlfriend right when she turned 25 over the summer but they're still going strong they were seen out together cuddling and kissing he probably closes his eyes and holds his breath when they have sex and he pictures a younger woman's freshness instead not the old relic cave of a 27 year old woman but you know he's making it work for the bit is what i truly believe so good for them i guess i'm wishing them happiness i don't know pete and emily pete and emily are still together researchers at harvard still haven't figured out what pheromones he exerts that gets these women to stay with him but they're going great and they're having a really chill relationship we learned that pete initiated their relationship because pete is fucking smart and pete has balls as we know i wonder if he has big balls in addition to a big dick but he has balls do you guys like big balls on guys i do he has big balls he knew she liked him he went up to ariana to kim all of these girls first and maybe we can learn to just shoot your fucking shot because you never really know what could happen and that's a really big ass lesson that we can learn from pete davidson so he scored a third girl emily redikowski to me i think pete is just her emotional support boyfriend after getting cheated on by her ex-husband who she called a serial cheater but you know i don't see it lasting that long (laughs) But they're still together for now. So I love that for them. They're both sexy and young. Go have fun. Other updates. Caitlyn Jenner is still bitter and single. Kris Jenner is still with someone younger than Kim Kardashian. And Kim Kardashian is still married to the money. But I think we need to talk about something. Did you just hear the sound I made? I was like, I'm gagged. I'm gagged by this. I think Kim might be jealous of Pete and Emily. Because, I I mean, as I thought she might be. I had a feeling that Kim thought Pete was going to crash and burn, downgrade, and he didn't. He got with Emily Ratajkowski. Kim has spent a lot of money trying to look how Emily naturally looks. And Kim posted on her Instagram story the other day just a really ominous quote about things not always working out for the best and basically keeping your head up it said one thing i realized is that everything always ends up working out sometimes even better than you can imagine remember this when you feel like you're in a hard place or you feel like you're being challenged the most believe in where you're headed see the bigger picture kim never posts ominous cryptic kind of sad things like that she's always very confident and strong so a lot of news outlets literally that that's the only reason i'm really saying this a lot of news outlets think that might be about pete Moving on, maybe now that he's home from Australia and they're both single still, Kim maybe wants him back, but he's busy moving on. As we know, Kim seems to be the one who moved on from the relationship. Pete wanted her back, but now maybe Kim realizes, oh, did I give up on him too soon? Do I want my sweet little Petey back? But his D is getting attention from someone else who's just as hot. So maybe Kim feels challenged. She's in a hard place, but she's going to believe in that she will find the right man for her. That's too bad for Kim. But someone who has Kim's back is actually Kanye West's ex, Julia Fox. So as we talked about her last week, I believe, Julia Fox is like the mockingjay of the feminist movement. She is just someone who goes so hard for women in everything that she does. She's not even labeling herself as a feminist. Just all of her actions really show that she on an everyday basis going through her daily life is doing it for the girls. And this was really proved on her TikTok this week that I think she is the number one best celebrity TikTok. I'm sorry, Megan Trainer. I'm sorry, Emily Ratajkowski. 
She has the best celebrity TikTok, Julia Fox. She was talking about how she was only with Kanye. So maybe Kanye would stop harassing Kim online and focus on something else. She literally said that. And that answers so many questions about their relationship in total. Like, when were they together? Earlier this year in March, when I was talking about all that on my podcast, I was like, why is Julia with Kanye? He's such a mess right now. What is she doing with him? This just answers so much that I wish we knew back in March. But this is what she said about her motive to be with Kanye. Okay, since I was just going to write about it in my book and then have y'all buy it, but I'll just tell you guys for free. Um, First of all, the man... Sorry. The man was being normal around me and not only that but the kim kardashian the kardashians when i had a fashion line 10 years ago they actually bought our clothes and sold them in her in their stores and um so i've always had like you know like a, a love for kim especially and like even courtney especially like all of them pretty much but no like the big three chloe kim courtney those are my girls anyway so by the time me and him got together it was like he hadn't been doing anything you know like out there yet he the only thing he had done was change the name in the song and said like come back to me Kimberly that was like really the only thing when we met um but I remember just being like oh I don't he was texting me I like wasn't really answering I was like I don't really want to like talk up with the celebrity again like if nothing you know what I mean nothing ever comes of it it's like they're kind of boring like they're not what you think they're gonna be like but he kept going and going and he was like, you have bad text etiquette. And then I was like, oh my God, Kanye's yelling at me. Like, what do I do? But then I had this thought and I was like, oh my God, maybe I can get him off of Kim's, off Kim's case. Like maybe I can distract him, like just get him to like me. And I knew I was like, if anyone can do it. It's me because when I set my mind to something, I do it. And I will say that that month that we spent together, he wasn't he wasn't on twitter first of all he wasn't on any forms of social media um he didn't even talk about his relationship we only really talked about clothes and like weird ideas and plans for the future and our hopes and dreams for childhood and education and like it was really beautiful guys the moment he started tweeting i was out and that's the thing it's like the media reported on our relationship ending like a week after it happened or something. So during that week, I think you guys all thought we were together, but we weren't. I'd already been like, dude, I'm not going to stick around for this shit. And also I realized pretty quickly that he wasn't going to take my help. I was like, I want to help him. I want to help him. I don't think Julia's crazy. I think she's actually really normal and smart. She just has a crazy voice or kind of like outer shell, but everything she does is actually pretty rational and it's working for her. She's a successful actress, model, celebrity. Like, I don't know why everyone thinks she's crazy. I think she's really fucking cool. And the fact that she did that and really did Kim a solid and it worked for a little bit. Julia's fucking iconic. Someone who's not iconic, though, is Kanye motherfucking West. And he's going to keep terrorizing the world. And it looks like it could be even worse than it was before. I mean, how could it get any worse than losing billions of dollars in one week? He announced he's running for president in 2024. Of course he did. We already knew that. But uh, something tells me that if he wins, it will be like Germany in the 1930s. If you know what I'm saying. Do you guys remember that Kanye West got 70,000 votes for him in 2020? And he, he wasn't under the Republican or Democratic Party. He was under the birthday party. That's the party he said he was under. Bruh. Bruh. 
it's I don't even have words. It's shocking the things this man will do to get attention. The lengths he will go to. He's taking time away from real politicians trying to handle real issues that are going on in America to make a birthday party. Knowing damn well he does not have what it takes to be the president. His old defense used to be, oh, I'm a billionaire. I know what it takes to make a lot of money for someone. I can do that for America. Well, now what? Now what? Now you're not a billionaire. So what are you going to do? Very interesting. Um, he said in a video, yes, it's simple. I just, it's just, we're moving forward to the future. That's his, um, statement about going to be the president. We're moving towards the future, he says, and he is for sure running. And he also claimed that one of his campaign managers is going to be someone named Milo Yinoopoulos. I never even heard this man. And I wish I never have heard of him because he is such a menace to society. If Kanye and Milo are both in power of the country, World War III would happen in approximately seven days after the inauguration. The rapture would happen 10 minutes later. I, so I just learned so much about Milo Yinoopoulos. <laughs> First of all, he's a far-right provocateur, and he calls himself the world's most fabulous supervillain because he is gay. <laughs> but he's telling the world that he is ex-gay. He does not want to be gay anymore. So he does not give in to his demonic tendencies. <laughs> his family is not supportive of his LGBTQ lifestyle. <laughs> he's not giving in to his gay tendencies and he treats being gay like an addiction. He said... You never stop being an alcoholic. Like, you never stop being gay. You still have the urges. You just can't act on them. But let me tell you, he still dresses so gay. He dresses like a faggity fag fag super gay fag. I can say fag because I'm gay. But he dresses so gay. Like, he's not fooling anyone. We know he's still on Grindr every single night on a DL profile. But he said he wants to help save souls from being gay. And he's a good example. But I don't know about him. I'm not letting any religion fearmonger me into not being gay. My soul is just fine. His is the one that is burning. Because he is he's in the past launched vicious trolling attacks on women, Black Lives Matter activists, transgender people, Muslims, all on social media. Because that's what he is. He's a troll. That's how he builds his following. He has like 300,000 on Twitter. He was actually removed from Twitter. And now he wants Elon to add him back. So that's another thing he has in common with Kanye in the past Milo has created a privilege grant for white men only which is in line with his effort to promote white identity and push back against diversity and multiculturalism because he's that much of an idiot and that much in delusion about what has gone on in this country's past he, he thinks white men are at the bottom of the totem pole that's who this man who Kanye wants to work with is he said we should deport fat people he has encouraged pedophilia and basically, he's just a far-right extremist who Kanye is trusting to work with to get his message out to the world. That's how you want to structureize your whole platform and your whole campaign for presidency. This is going to be so much worse than his 2020 run, like astronomically worse. I think we're going to see a lot of public outcries, a lot of public embarrassment, bad public moments via Kanye. And a part of me feels for him because of his bipolar, but a part of me just knows that he is doing this to himself in the same breath. And a lot of people are going to suffer from the hatred 
that these two men are going to bring. So I don't think I have to tell you guys this. I think you know, but if Kanye runs, don't vote for him, obviously. Don't give his little outburst in the media or on YouTube or Instagram, wherever. Don't give them attention. It's just going to encourage him more. I know it'll be funny, but try your best not to watch them. I won't talk about his outcry on here. I mean, actually, I probably will. But in your in your free time, only listen to it on here so we don't give him the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Only listen to it on here. We can all know what's going on at the same time, but we can like reduce his streams by thousands if all of you guys agree to only talk about it on here. But don't vote for the birthday party or else next year will probably be your last birthday because we'll all die. So... What happened this weekend in Colorado is a reminder to all of us of the hate that still exists in this country and that is being reignited in dangerous proportions and will only get worse unless we combat all this newfound hate for gay people with the exact opposite love and representation for gay people. So that's why, even though it's a horrible news and it's not necessarily pop culture, it's just something that I want to talk about today. If you don't know, at a Colorado uh, nightclub, a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs called Club Q. Five people were killed and 25 others were wounded in a mass shooting massacre by a MAGA terrorist who came in there with an AR-15 like heavy assault rifle and in 60 seconds mowed that many people down in an act of a hate crime and terror. The victims' names who died were Ashley Pow, Kelly Loving, Raymond Green Vance, Danielle Ashton, and Derek Rump. Rest in peace, rest in power. How tragic. I can't imagine that happening to me. And we'll get into what I was doing that night, which is very scary. But he was able to kill five people and injure 25 more in just 60 seconds before people just had to react and do something and thank god there was a hero in that club that night because i know if i was in there i'd be too scared i'd be running for my life i would not get close to him i'm not going to pretend like i would be the hero i would absolutely scramble panic and just try to run or hide or something but a ex-military vet jumped on him beat him to the ground and held him down but this was like a grown man who was trying to break himself free so the military vet was like someone help me i need someone to hold him down or something because it was just one man on him so a drag queen who was at the bar ran up to him and stomped on his face so hard with her high heel that he stopped moving and after that once they had him down so many people in the club started to beat him so bad he was beat nearly to death after killing all these people so much so that he wasn't moving anymore he was deformed and police when they arrived thought he was dead but he wasn't his name was anderson lee aldrich he was then detained and taken into custody first of all 
the first thing that comes to my mind is the whole campaign against drag queens that are going on right now saying that they are danger to children. I cannot think of a more dangerous human being than a white supremacist MAGA terrorist like this man. And then a drag queen who literally saved people's lives and was heroic. You tell me who sounds like the bigger danger to society. The facts are right there, but far right people just don't want to see that. Anderson Lee Aldrich, because of his white privilege, he was last year detained and the FBI had to search his whole house and do a whole like squatting episode where they break into his house and search through his house because he threatened to murder his mom and blow up their house with a bomb which forced all of his neighbors to have to evacuate the neighborhood. And that should have violated the red flag law that is active in Colorado that basically says that guns and any other lethal weapon should be removed from a person who is deemed dangerous to themselves or others. But they didn't remove his guns. They didn't remove his AR-15 after a threat like that to kill his own mother. Why? You ask me, but I think we all know the reason why. The police are men just like him. And they wanted to keep him in power, keep him armed up. And it's interesting to me that two queer people in a club were able to take down a mass shooter quicker than the police were able to do literally anything in Uvalde or anything in any of these mass shooting cases. It's just interesting to me that if people really wanted to save someone's life and do something about it, like the passion that the drag queen and the ex-military man had the passion to do in that moment and act as heroes, why don't the police have that same urgency? One minute I was on the dance floor, next minute I'm on the ground trying to keep two women, you know, calm, as calm as possible while this man literally butchers my friends. When you crawled out of that dressing room, Joshua, what did you see? I saw bodies on the floor. Blood, shattered glass, broken cups. People covered up in white sheets. People trying to be resuscitated and are worked on. I went outside and there was more bodies, more sheets. People standing around crying, looking for their loved ones. <laughs> it, was, it was very traumatic. That video is of a man who witnessed a lot of his friends die that night. He will never be the same again. He'll never feel safe as a gay person anywhere ever again after what he's just been through. It doesn't matter if he's in a gay club, which are the one space that gay people are supposed to feel safe and confide in each other and have a lot of camaraderie and just enjoy each other's presence for once. You can be yourself without the danger of people who think that they rule like the quote normal outside world giving us looks or doing hate crimes. That's the one place where we can feel safe and confident. How are gay people supposed to feel safe anywhere anymore, even at a club? AOC tweeted, after Trump elevated anti-immigrant and anti-Latino rhetoric, we had the deadliest anti-Latino shooting in modern history. After anti-Asian hate with COVID, we had the shooting in Atlanta. Tree of Life, Emmanuel AME, Buffalo. And now after the anti-LGBT Q plus campaign, the Colorado Springs shooting. Connect the dots. She's absolutely right. And after I saw that tweet, it put a lot into perspective that this new current anti-LGBTQ hate campaign that is going on with things like 
Uh, the don't say gay bill in Florida, trying not to allow children to go to drag shows, not wanting to teach about queer history in schools, the trans military ban, the 300 pieces of anti-gay legislation that have been written across America this year, and so many more from these far-right extremists who think that they're losing their grips as uh, like on society as Gen Z comes up. So they're acting extremely homophobic, more than they usually have to. They're doing all of these things to try to spread dangerous information about gay people to sway the country their way. But in doing so, spreading dangerous information about any group of people leads to emboldened hate. And when someone is emboldened in their hate that much, they're going to be emboldened in their actions and then do shit like this. And that is exact. This is just another example. If you voted for any of those people, you loaded the gun. If you pledge not to say gay, you loaded the gun. If you say, uh, sure, I accept gay people, but don't spread that shit onto my kids. Don't do it in public. Keep that to yourself. You loaded the gun. And that's just the fact of the matter. All of these celebrities who are anti-gay, Candace Owens, she loaded the gun. Candace Cameron Bure, she loaded the gun. That's just how it works. Once hate is incited, it leads to shit like this. I don't know if you all saw this too. Recently, a man lit a bottle on fire and threw it into a gay club window. Like he broke the glass and threw a flaming bottle into a window. It didn't like explode or anything. I forgot the name of that, like a kind of bomb that's lit in a bottle, but it wasn't like that. He just lit a bottle on fire and threw it in there. So hate crimes are happening all over. And the scariest part is that I was at a gay club at the exact same hour and time that this was happening. I couldn't imagine that happening to me or to all the beautiful people around me who I'm so lucky to share those spaces with and have the best times with. I can't imagine just the mind fucking the absolute world altering life shattering like response I would have if something like that happened. And I'm so deeply sorry for everyone in Colorado Springs. I'm going to donate to help them. It's scary that I was at a place that could have been considered a target of something like that. And the same thing could have happened to me we truly need to erase any fragment of homophobic language from our everyday rhetoric and actively reject people and politicians who spread even the most microscopic ounce of hate towards any community i'm just talking about the lgbtq right now but any community even a little hate goes a long way and unless you are anti-homophobic and an active ally you're contributing to the problem so this is me begging everyone listening to this please eliminate any kind of homophobic speech from your language don't just let your friends slide with shit like that try to have hard conversations with your parents or anyone even if you just put a little bit of a seed into their mind that maybe things that they're saying are not okay you don't have to like have a big conversation just plant seeds of the opposite of homophobicness in your life and i think it will go a long way and we can all just do a little little part to plant seeds of goodness so things like this can eventually stop happening but i mean not much has been done about it about gun rights about anything so i i unfortunately anticipate this happening again because we've been here so many times before and if you are religious and you you can't because of your religion don't let that shit out of your house stop being so self-righteous that you'd kill someone for not following the same shit that you think is best and that's all i have to say about that r.i.p to everyone who died in that horrible shooting who will never live again i'm so sorry to all their families this should never have happened dove cameron gave a nice moment about it 
during her acceptance speech at the American Music Awards when she won Best New Artist. I love Dove Cameron. She is so fierce. She's such a good young example for girls out there who are no longer conforming to the mold of femininity that they feel like they've been forced to. Ever since she's gone more masculine and stopped dyeing her hair blonde it's just been a blossoming because she's being her true self and i'm so obsessed with her her new single um wait what's it called it's so good oh my god wait it's so i need to tell you i'm looking at my spotify right now it's called bad idea Ooh, go listen to it it's it gives the same vibes as boyfriend and breakfast but it's just sexy it's like the most sexy one out of all of them i love it go check it out Anyway, let's talk about another homophobic celebrity, and that is Candace Cameron Bure. So as you know, you've probably heard about in the news because it's been all over. Candace Cameron Bure of Full House and Fuller House, she is on a new network called the Great American Family Network, and they're going to make a lot of Christmas movies this upcoming year. But she said at this new network that she is so happy to be a part of that they are going to never have LGBTQ representation in any of their programs because they want to, quote, keep traditional marriage at the core. And what really gets me is that the title of the network is called The Great American Family Network. Bitch, who allowed that? Who let the network be called that? That is the most self-righteous, self-important, pretentious name of a network, The Great American Family Network. And you're going to say gay people aren't a part of The Great American Family? God, it's just... It's so embarrassing. It's so dumb. Like, how is someone going to try to hide homophobia after saying they won't give LGBTQ people any representation and then call it the Great American Family Network? But that's exactly what she was trying to do when she got hate. She's like, oh, little old me from DJ from Fuller House. I would never. Girl, shut the fuck up. You're exposed. Jojo Siwa was right. You are a bitch. (laughs) She was right. So I don't know if you know this, but Jojo and Candace had a little bit of beef earlier in the year because Jojo was doing that trend on TikTok where you turn your phone around super fast for some kind of prompt. Like it'll be like celebrity whose DMs I slid into and you'll turn around your phone for a millisecond. 
So if people want to really investigate and pause the video at the perfect time, they can see who it is. Well, she had a question that was rudest celebrity I've ever met. And she turned her phone really quick and people slowed down the video and they saw that it was Candace Cameron Bure. Apparently, Candace didn't give her the time of day, like just kind of like snuffed her away when she was younger and she felt really disrespected by that. Then Candace came out and apologized. Oh, Jojo, like I didn't even realize that I was just so busy at whatever event we were at. Of course, sweet little me, Candace Camerbury, would never do that. Jojo was right. She is a bitch. So Jojo, who's the perfect person to handle her, came on Instagram and said, honestly, I can't believe after everything that went down just a few months ago that she would not only create a movie with intention of excluding LGBTQIA plus people, but then also talk about it in the press. This is rude and hurtful to a whole community of people. And I absolutely agree. Having a title like that for the network and then having the movie with no representation is just it's just making division in a very obvious way that I will not accept any form of excuse for. I don't care if it's supposed to be like a faithful, religious filled network. It should not be a network then. That should not be allowed. It's making gay people feel like they are othered. They are not a part of the fabric of American society. And that's what they want. And as we know from what we just talked about, any sort of division or hate like that can lead to very bad things. Jojo posted a really funny video about it that I want to share. Article thing. (laughs) I'm genuinely dying laughing over it. It says, um, I think the great American family or whatever her movie is, will keep traditional marriage at the core. It's just embarrassing. I'm just embarrassed, like, for her. It's, I think the great American family will keep traditional marriage, will keep traditional marriage at the core. Something like that. Hold on. Yeah, it says, I think that the great American family will keep traditional marriage at the core. Is this caught on record or no? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just genuinely like no harm no hate pushed it just is hilarious to me and then after that video she was on the street with and paparazzi just asked how she feels about it and she said uh that was fucked up you not liking gay marriage do your thing girl you being religious do your thing girl of course i would want everybody to do what they want to do but to purposely exclude someone because of who they love that's shitty. And then Jojo said that she'll probably never talk to Candace Cameron Bure ever again. <laughs> As she should. It's funny because Jojo is very young. She is just coming up. She's literally not even 18 yet. So the fact that she has to put an older woman in her place like this is just hilarious. And that just shows what this older generation is. It makes me laugh. And Jojo, I, I used to make fun of Jojo. You know, I used to think she was silly for thinking that she could one day do the Super Bowl. She used to say, oh, my biggest dream is doing the Super Bowl halftime show. I was like, yeah, good luck, girl, with that song, Boomerang. But now if Jojo did the Super Bowl halftime show, I would have a watch party for it. I'd be so hype. I'd buy a bow. I'd buy a bow bow like Jojo. And I would get rainbow paint on my face. Because that's how much of a legend she is to me now. So thank you, Jojo, for putting a bitch in her place. And what we can learn from this whole segment is basically just everything I said earlier about not allowing even the littlest of homophobic rhetoric to continue and just doing your part, just planting little seeds, whether it's your one vote, whether it's 
sparking a conversation of acceptance, even just a little comment like that can really go a long way. And no longer enabling or giving the time of day to these hateful ass motherfuckers. Chris Hemsworth's future health has been jeopardized because he just learned that he has two copies of the APOE4 gene, which gives him a much higher chance of developing Alzheimer's. Got every blood test one can get, and you have two copies of APOE4, a set from your mom and a set from your dad. And what does that mean exactly? That means you have an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. How much higher? probably somewhere between eight and 10 times higher than that of someone in the general population. The idea that I won't be able to remember the life I've experienced or my wife, my kids, this is probably my biggest fear. So first they had to tell him that off of camera in case he reacted really bad and like pulled out his Thor hammer or something and started like beating up the doctor. But Apparently, he reacted fine, and then they redid his reaction on camera. That'd be a really scary thing to be told, because I know this that that's a thing that you can test for, see if you have the genes that make you really more likely to develop Alzheimer's. And some people, when they do DNA testing and stuff like that, it's literally a question that you get asked by your doctor, like, do you want us to tell you or not? Because it's that scary. And there is stuff you can do about it. And as the years go on, there's more and more that you can do to reduce your chances. But it's still like this really big indicator that just means, hey, like you might get it. And no one wants to die that way of just slowly not remembering everyone you loved and forgetting the whole entire life that you have just lived. It's just really sad and like heartbreaking for even just like your family, not even just you, but for people to see you going through that. So it's just seen as like this really horrible way that no one wants to go. Uh, It's more common than you think, though. I know a lot of people whose grandparents have Alzheimer's and died of that. My grandpa, I believe, did. Um, My boyfriend's grandpa did. One of my best friends in the whole world. Her aunt has it right now. So a lot of people probably have at least one copy of that gene that could potentially lead to it and it's really scary so i think it's good that he's bringing attention to it my friend i made a little tiktok about it and my cousin commented like oh my god this is gonna happen to us and i was like i know right girl like i wonder which one of us have it but i don't know if my dad said has it i might have it from both sides i don't know but so i definitely listened up to what chris hemsworth said and how he's going to change his life after getting this diagnosis so first of all he said that's his biggest fear he doesn't want to not remember his wife his kids he doesn't want them to see their dad in that kind of way you know he wants people to remember him as this big strong thor sexy god of thunder oh i would die for chris hemsworth he's my number one celebrity crush it used to be zane but zane's a flop now so chris hemsworth is my daddy and i want to strap on those gloves get in the lab and find a way to fix this myself not for myself because i could have the gene literally just to save chris hemsworth 
<laughs> but he said that he changed his whole life after hearing it. And the first thing he said is that he really is taking inventory of who he wants to spend his time with. Not that he's really even that old. Let me check how old he is. But obviously, he's not really that old. It's not like he's dying any day soon. But he knows... He just feels like he's been faced with his own mortality now and understands that there's a certain number of years he has left and he wants to spend his time with people who he actually loves and has good energy and is going to give him a positive memory that he can hopefully one day look back when he's very old and remember and, you know, not have Alzheimer's. So he's 39. Oh my God, we have such a similar birthday. He's born August 11th, me August 16th. We're perfect for each other. He needs to lose that wife of his. But anyway, yeah, he said he's going to even take a break from acting after he's done with the contractual obligations that he currently has to do. And then afterwards, he's only going to take movie roles from people and uh, projects that he's really passionate about and only work with directors if he thinks that they're good people with good energy that is going to give him a positive experience. Because if he's not going to be with his family and spend precious hours and days with them, he's going to want to be happy doing something else. He even said even if the director is really like world-renowned and he could potentially win an Oscar, he doesn't care. He just wants to have good remaining years of his life. And I think that's an insanely important lesson for all of us. As I always say in this podcast, you want the good stuff to happen in life right now because life is right now. You don't want to think, oh, in a year I'll be happy when I do this. Five years I'll be happy when I do this. Life is right now. And it's really easy to forget that. So be happy, be positive, do things that make you joyous right now, because hopefully one day you can look back and remember it. But also he said he's going to do everything he can to live the healthiest lifestyle possible. So he makes sure his body is one that wouldn't become more prone to disease. He wants to make himself the complete opposite of that. He wants his body to be a glorious temple where no diseases can thrive because he treats himself that good. Um, When asked about if he wanted to like share this or what he's going to take away from it, this is one of his quotes from his Rolling Stones interview. He says, after I heard, I just thought, okay, great. I now have more to work on. Um, If you look at the Alzheimer's prevention, the benefit of all of these preventative steps that you can take is that they all will affect the rest of your life positively as well. When you have a predisposition to cardiovascular heart disease, cancer, or anything, it's all about sleep management, stress management, nutrition, movement, fitness. It's all kind of the same tools that you need to be applied in this consistent way. So any of these little changes that you're making in your life for long-term benefit of not developing these diseases is going to greatly make your life better right now for even the short term. So he's happy that now he has this huge motivator to set himself up for health now and for later. He also said, and I really love this quote, is that he lives with a lot more gratitude now and he loves life as much as he can and to not delay the amazing things he wants to do. He said, just do it because you don't know when your time's up. You don't know what tomorrow holds. So live it to its fullest. Whether or not any of this information helps you live longer, it's about living better right now. Whatever you do right now to benefit your future self is having a huge benefit in your current self. Sometimes I feel like people want to keep putting off the good moments in life or say that they'll be happy in the future because they don't want to like face that one day they'll die, if that makes sense. They're like, oh, I'm not happy right now because I'm just like in the beginning of my life and I'll get the ball rolling or I won't go on that expensive vacation because that's for like later in life. And 
you have to realize like your time is ticking now. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to face that. And it's almost like hard to like enjoy the big happy moments of life when like you're thinking about death and is this going to be like the happiest moment? Am I living my happiest moments right now? So it's easy for us to push that off and think, oh, that'll be in the future because I'm going to live for so much longer. And it sucks to face that, but you have to just be happy right now. And I feel like I'm definitely trying to like brainwash myself into thinking like that. Like, no, Patty, like take opportunities now, be happy right now and do everything that you've ever dreamed of this second. Don't sabotage your own happiness because of the fear for what's like the future will hold if I take it now or my mortality or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just getting used to the fact that this time I have is the only time I'll ever get. But yeah, overall, he's just encouraging us to exercise every day, get your body moving. Even simple moving like walking can greatly increase your blood flow and the nutrient distribution in your body make you feel so much happier, healthier, and better. Not only that, though, we should working out our physical health, but also our mental health. We should be doing mental exercises to stimulate ourselves. Don't just gorge meaningless content all the time or have unthought-provoking conversations with friends. That's why I try to add life lessons to this podcast and talk about really deep, like touching things. So there's actually some value. It's something intellectually stimulating because I know that shit is important and we're not talking about the most vapid of all topics. So even maybe like downloading an app on your phone that is a memory-based app or reading a book. Chris is going to be in this new show called Limitless on Disney and it's all about longevity and increasing your lifespan basically how you can live the longest best life and one of the episodes after learning about his alzheimer's you know potential he is faced with a challenge of going hiking in like these really dangerous woods with no tools really and without any help from a compass or whatever he's gonna have to find his way back out of the woods after he goes on a long ass hike and it's gonna be a challenge of his memory That'd be really hard. I'd, I'd get so lost. I'd be like a naked and afraid getting eaten by a bear. My survival score in that show would be 1.1. It would not be good. They'd be like, Patty is virtually useless in life or death situations and does not even know how to spell campfire, let alone make one. I would be horrible on naked and afraid. But the point is, if I'm in the woods, I'm probably not going to be able to find my way out either. My memory is really bad. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I can't remember if I texted someone back. Damn, I need to start taking my my memory seriously. Because when I feel that shit start to slip, I'm like, oh my god, I need to like read a book or something. But anyway, yeah, do memory exercises. Um, get a lot of nutrients, not just calories. Get calorie-dense foods that are nutrient-dense as well. Fruits, vegetables, whole foods, whole grain everything like that because getting even those little bits of nutrients are gonna increase your longevity taking your vitamins get those flintstone little shape vitamins the gummy vitamins taste too good though sometimes i just want to eat them all you know what i'm saying a serving size is two i'm like mm, i'm gonna eat four because they're like fruit snacks and i should probably not be doing that he also said reducing your stress and keeping good mental health is very vital and not just deteriorating your mental And that's really hard, especially with everything going on in the world and everything we just talked about on this podcast. That's like next to impossible. So I don't know how we expect us to do that with like Ticketmaster, Elon, Twitter, Andrew Tate, Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know how we're supposed to just not be stressed. But like I say, 
always on this podcast, carve a little time out of your day to really cradle your mental health and try to improve it any way you can. Even if it's just 30 minutes of meditation or affirmations, try to keep that shit at least at like 50% capacity, like 50% decent. You know what I'm saying? It'll go a long way. But yeah, in closing of his whole hoping not to get Alzheimer's speech, Chris Daddy said, look, if this is a motivator for people to take better care of themselves and also understand that there are steps you can take, then fantastic. And he emphasized that this was not just for entertainment or for a ploy to get people to watch his show. This is actually very real stuff. And I agree, Chris. I take everything you say very seriously, especially when he says it with that voice of his. Like, he has such a superhero voice. It's so deep. It makes me feel like I'm not even the same gender as him. You know what I'm saying? Because here's my voice sounding like this. And I like my voice. Like, don't get me wrong. But his voice is just, like, 10 octaves lower. I'm like, are we even the same species, Daddy? But anyway, that's all that we can learn from this. Obviously, everything I just said. And I want to say this isn't something that you should stress about every day or go get tested for immediately. If you know people in your family who have it, maybe just be weary of those things because those basic things every day is what's going to be the most helpful. And isn't that cool that those things we can do every day are going to benefit our long-term and short-term? It's just an all-around happier life. So if having that gene is a motivator to have the literal best fucking life time of your goddamn life, hey, maybe it could be a good thing. Maybe someone would want the APO for Gene. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Pop Culture University today. I hope you had a fun time spilling the tea and trying to get some cute life lessons for it. This episode was not very fun all the way through, though. But nonetheless, I appreciate you guys for going through it with me, vibing with me, caring about the stupid shit that I have to say, and just listening to me talk for an hour. Truly means the most. I'm going to go watch White Lotus after this. Theo James, is that his name? There are just so many sexy men on that show. And the first season of White Lotus was so fucking good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Another new television program that came back this week, Z-Way. Z-Way is the best interviewer of life. I don't know if you know that show. Z-Way is this iconic comedian who studied at Northwestern in Chicago, like a really prestigious school that I feel dumb when I even walk by. It's this really prestigious school that she studied something like really intelligent there but now she just interviews celebrities on a show called z-way but the gag of the interviews with her is that she tries to bait them into saying problematic things and the whole thing is just so hilarious it's so irreverent but also like serious at the same time and it it makes light of all these cancel culture things that's progressive yet hilarious and not disrespectful i don't know z-way is just my favorite show go give it a shot you'll laugh your ass off and a lot of the time she actually does bait them into saying things and i'm like oh my god I, how why do celebrities even go on that show i would die if i was on that show i'd get canceled in a minute but it's so clever go check it out make sure to rate this podcast five star on spotify apple Podcasts. leave a cute little review i love when y'all do that screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story and tag me and if you do that i will definitely hit you up so don't be afraid i'm really nice i do not bite and just try to stay safe this week because there's a lot of dangerous shit going on out there um but even with all this horrible shit going on in the world don't let it ruin your life or stress you out to the point of developing alzheimer's you know what i'm saying 
So have an amazing week. I love y'all and I will see you Friday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.